Hello and welcome to the Feels Like 45 podcast. I'm Cade Webb, and this week I am not joined by Dustin Ragusa. Dustin is abroad, he is working, as am I, but I am not abroad. And therefore, I am bringing you a solo podcast. Um, <clears throat> I got to be honest, up until today, I didn't even know if we were going to get to do this. Um, Dustin and I are very proud of our streak of literally not missing a week since we started this podcast. And if you've been listening, we, we started this podcast back in 2021, the, the Big 12 championship run season. I think our first episode was right before the... Texas game in Austin. So it has been a long streak of weeks with a Feels Like 45 podcast episode. And I am very happy to be able to do this. I Now, I always miss Dustin when I do these solo. And frankly, he's the backbone of the show. So when you're stuck with me, we have we have no clue. We're, we're a rudderless ship without me. Um, and we be a rudderless ship as well without our friends, at the Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. With over 30 schools to choose from, they've got you covered with all of your collegiate apparel needs. So shop today at www.charliehustle.com, and when you do, use our promo code 101215 for 15% off all non-sale items. Charlie Hustle, vintage, made, fresh. Of course, we do miss Dustin, but there's quite a bit to get into. Um, you know, thankful for all the questions that came in as well. Um, this will be mostly a mailbag episode. Very, very quiet on the football front this week. Other than some stuff that, you know, isn't even happening quite yet, there's not even a ton to get to. So we'll focus a little bit more on some of the other sports, basketball, namely, in this episode. And we'll get right into basketball. Obviously, coming off a, a, a couple of tough losses, both close games against Kansas State last Saturday and against TCU on Tuesday. Oklahoma State falls to 0-6 in the conference slate. And, you know, as you look ahead, Oklahoma State is only currently projected by Ken Palm to win one game. They Ken Palm gives Oklahoma State the edge in one remaining game, and that's tomorrow, Saturday, against West Virginia in Stillwater. West Virginia, however, has already won a massive game against Kansas, so Oklahoma State remains the only winless team in the Big 12 right now. And as you look ahead, I, I don't know, you know, how Oklahoma State expects to stem the tide you know I, I feel like these things roll downhill and once they get going this direction they tend to stay this direction so you know for me um this is this is shaping up literally to be one of the worst seasons in the history of Oklahoma State basketball and unfortunately 
we have said that before uh, under this current tenure. I, I was doing a little bit of digging, trying to figure out, you know, how bad actually is this? And I uh, went back to the 2019 team, which went 12 and 20 overall. Oklahoma State currently sitting at a whopping total of eight, wait for it, eight and 11. So that would require Oklahoma State, obviously, to win four more games in a Big 12 conference, which includes, you know, not only your Kansases, your Kansas States, your Baylors, your Iowa States, your Texases, but now includes two more ranked teams in Houston and BYU. Oh, by the way, you've also got Cincinnati on the road, who is, you know, winning big games at home. You've got UCF coming to town, who knocked off Kansas on their home floor. Oh, and you're going to have to go play, at some point, the third-ranked team in the country, Houston, on their home floor as well. Um, You know, Oklahoma State's going to have to steal some, uh, frankly, in order to prevent this from being maybe the worst season in recent memory for Oklahoma State basketball. The problem is you're just, you're in rarefied air here. Um, And so, you know, without, you know, hammering too much on Oklahoma State basketball, we've got several listener questions to get into after we were, after we kind of finish up on some other things. But uh, I know several people want to talk basketball. So I'll save any remaining thoughts, obviously, uh, tomorrow going up against West Virginia, uh, a seven and 12 team, against Oklahoma State, an 8-11 and 11 team. Uh, it may be a good day to go to Eskimo Joe's and go to the game because that that may be the one they win. So uh, if you can make it out to Stillwater, I, I, I would advise you to do so. Uh, a couple of other things. One, one quick housekeeping note. Oklahoma State baseball actually projected to finish third in the Big 12 coaches poll right behind TCU and Texas, both of those programs had first place votes. Oklahoma State did not, uh, but they do have, you know, 12 votes ahead of Texas Tech, the number four team, and 12 behind Texas. So Oklahoma State pretty firmly in that third spot. We had a couple of questions about baseball as well uh, that we can get into here momentarily. But, you know, as you look at who they're bringing back, Big 12 selections, Carson Binge and Nolan Schubert. They're going to have to reload in the bullpen, though. I mean, Justin and I talked about this. They they are uh, they were thin last year, and it would appear going into this season they're thin as well. And so um, they 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 have not, as of today, seemingly addressed the the issue that has held them back over the last couple of years being pitching. And so uh, we'll see what Oklahoma State baseball has up their sleeve. Uh, a couple of other quick notes. Obviously, uh, NFL conference championship games coming up this weekend. Oklahoma State guys are actually there's there's four teams represented, if you can believe that, or I'm sorry, three of the four, with uh, Malcolm Rodriguez on the Lions, uh, Tylen Wallace and Justin Hill with the Baltimore Ravens, and Tay Martin with the San Francisco 49ers. Tay Martin's on their practice squad, so don't expect to see him on Saturday, but or on Sunday, I should say. But obviously, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, having some rooting interest in some of these games, uh, if you don't already, would shape up for a, uh, a nice weekend, especially with some of the, the weather we're looking like having. It's looking like a nice uh, weekend to stay inside and watch some conference championship football. All right, let's get into the mailbag. Before we do that, let's take one quick pause and hear a word from one of our sponsors. 
we want to say a quick thank you to sponsor the Feels Like 45 podcast, Classic Overland. Classic Overland specializes in restoring original Land Rover Defenders designed with your unique style and specifications. They go to great lengths to find quality vintage Defenders before they begin the restoration process, and their team of experts will guide you through the various exterior and interior options to create the perfect build. Our friends Luke Reed and Robert Dennis of Classic Overland are both Oklahoma State graduates and will work with you through the process to ensure you have a great experience. And in addition, if you purchase a Classic Overland Defender and mention this podcast, the Feels Like 45 podcast, their team will donate a portion of the proceeds to the Pokes with a Purpose NIL Collective. To learn more, you can visit their website, classicoverland.com, and you can contact Luke and Robert at robert at classicoverland.com. Thank you, and go Pokes! Okay, coming off some quick uh, baseball-basketball discussions, let, let's start back on the basketball front. Here's one from Eric Harris, at Herrick the Red. Is Mike Boynton Leonard Hamilton 2.0? Great guys who were young but didn't win at Oklahoma State. Leonard Hamilton had a 471 winning percentage at Oklahoma State. I think it's a decent comparison. I don't like the, you know, kind of derogatory uh, you know, Leonard, the, calling somebody a 2.0 is like, oh man, I don't, if you're, if you're ever labeled the 2.0, usually it's a bad thing, right? I mean, unless it's like you're, I don't know, Michael Vick 2.0 in terms of his on the field ability, uh, then I, I, I struggle to see many compliments where it ends in your some blank, blank 2.0. So, I don't think Mike Boynton is that. Um, I think that Mike Boynton actually has done some very good things at Oklahoma State. Um, number one, he he sustained the program through some terrible circumstances with the NCAA. Took Oklahoma State to the second round of an NCAA tournament. Granted, we're not going to hang any banners for that. Um, signed the top player at a class. That is a, a, a recruiting accomplishment that is rarely done and actually had never been done up to that point, being the top player in that class. Um, but they don't give out, you know, banners for that either. And so, yeah, I mean, while I, while I understand the uh, sentiment, I think Mike Boynton, you know, being in his seventh year, this is a little bit different. I, I feel like I never know what to expect out of these teams and uh, like, for example, this year, I thought Javon Small and Eric Daly together, plus a big man in Brandon Garrison, you bring back Bryce Thompson. It seemed like they addressed maybe, I feel like they actually got a really good shooter in Jarius Hicklin, who has not been utilized very well, in my opinion. They, they seemingly addressed some issues. I think they just addressed them the wrong way. I mean, you look at the way they filled their bench depth. I, I think that's where Oklahoma State gets exposed the most is on the bench when you pull up, when you bring out, you know, and it's no it's no affront to these guys. They're very young. They're freshmen. But you you bring off, you know, a, a Connor Dow, a, a Justin McBride, a, you know, a, a, a wealth of freshmen. And then uh, when you realize that hardly any of them are ready to go, Mike, or Bryce Thompson plays 38 minutes and he's exhausted by the end of the game. And so I, I look at this, this season as a 
completely mismanaged roster. I mean, I, you know, I, I heard before the season that Javon Small was the most impactful player he's brought into this program since Cade Cunningham. If that's the case, I shudder at the thought of what this would look like without him because they, they're just not a very good basketball team right now. There's no there's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, there, let's get to more uh, basketball questions here. Here's one from Bill Minat at Bill My Geo Guy. Thank you as always, Bill, for sending in a question. Um, and and by the way, none of these are positive questions, and and I don't expect that. But you know, if if we sound if I sound particularly negative, just know the questions I'm being asked are slanting negative as well. Bill asks, did Holder end his career with an all-time run of bad? basketball coaching contracts and decisions and he lists off the Travis Ford extension whatever happened with Brad Underwood and his contract Mike Boynton's extension have all ended up being huge messes in one way or another and you know when I I actually didn't want to say yes to this but when you when you list off what those decisions were and you look at how that's you know held the program down I do think you could say that. I think the jury may still be out on the Boynton, you know, contract. I I look at this one as like, you know, if if the athletic department is able to buy this out, then no, it wasn't a disaster. Um, if it prevents them from hiring somebody with some capability, making a better hire than they did the previous time, then yeah, maybe it was a bad a bad one. But I I think the Travis Ford extension. That one is easier in hindsight. You know, you were trying to keep a young up and coming coach that a lot of people wanted. You were trying to keep him happy. And so it's so easy to to revisionist history that one. But Travis Ford was a a hot, hot name after that uh, NCAA tournament run that ended uh, against Pitt where they took, you know, a number one seed Pitt down to the wire uh, in 2009. I want to say that was 2008. I don't know. The problem was I was like 12 the last time Oklahoma State basketball was that good. So that's that's maybe the biggest problem. Speaking to the Brad Underwood contract a little bit, though, that that one was bungled. There's no question about it. I mean, I don't know what exactly went down there. I mean, I think a lot of people have speculated what went down, but I don't think anybody's actually correct. Um, I, it's impossible to say that it was one person's fault and blame it entirely on Mike holder in this case but it was it was mismanaged and you look at what he's gone able, been able to go on and do at Illinois they they weren't very good early but they've they've become pretty good in the Big 10 which is a, a, a maybe not as much of a, a buzzsaw as the Big 12 but it's a very good conference uh following that up here's a question from Lane Texas Rangers or World Series oh Texas Rangers or World Series champions at Hickerson Lane do you have a list of names that you would like to see OSU target if Mike Boynton is let go? Here are some that I've come up with. Danny Sprinkle at Utah State. Josh Schertz at Indiana State. Pat Kelsey at College of Charleston. Dusty May at Florida Atlantic. All of those are names that frequently get thrown around. And I I, I think Sprinkle and May particularly are guys that are, you know, they are hot. They're first off the tongue of most uh, fans of programs who seemingly are about to make a change at head coach. So either of those guys are going to be tough to get. And I'll say this, Dusty May comes out of the, uh, you know, the, um, the Brad Underwood, 
uh, coaching tree. I don't know if you know this. Um, oh, actually, cut that. There are two others that I think folks would like to see, uh, or maybe not folks would like to see. One of my friends of the pod, Royal John, uh, he's a big fan of Stephen Gentry at Gonzaga. Stephen Gentry serves as the director of basketball operations there. Um, the thing I'll say about him, he obviously has Oklahoma State ties. If you're not aware of that, he was uh, an Oklahoma State assistant, director of player development, serving in a very similar role to Keaton Page under Brad Underwood in his one year and has been at Gonzaga since. The thing about Stephen Gentry is he comes from this Brad Underwood you know, Mike Boynton coaching tree. He was on the bench when Stephen F. Austin, you know, made their NCAA tournament run. So this is very much in that vein. And, uh, you know, for me, I've, I have really struggled to see the, um, the split between Brad Underwood and Mike Boynton in terms of offensive ability and execution. I mean, you think when you hire somebody from a coaching tree that, you, you kind of expect to see similar things down the line. I just haven't seen that. So, you know, that one is an intriguing one. He seems like a young up and comer. I think you could probably get him. The other one that I would say, this is one that I don't see talked about as much. And this is a direction I would love to see Oklahoma State go. If it's not him, I'd like to see them go into this coaching tree. And that's Yurik Malagi. I don't know if you know who Yurik Malagi is. He's the associate head coach under Jerome Tang at Kansas State. Um, this guy is, you know, maybe an under-the-radar name in the conference, but he's not an under-the-radar name in terms of, you know, assistant coaches around the country. He's on any 40-under-40 40 40 list that you can imagine. Uh, he's one of a seven associate head coaches under the age of 40, um, and he's the youngest in the Big 12. Now, I know what you're thinking. That sounds a lot like Mike Boynton, right? Here's the thing that I would say maybe separates him in terms of, you know, are you hiring another Mike Boynton in this case? I personally believe going into the Scott Drew, Jerome Tang, Chris Beard uh, coaching tree is a good move. I think you look at the way Jerome Tang split off and has elevated Kansas State in year one. He served as an assistant head coach under Scott Drew for like what felt like forever. But then he splits off and in year one, Kansas State, I mean, is is crushing it. Um, they're reloading a little bit right now, but Oklahoma State just lost to him. That's a talented team. And frankly, the offensive ability is off the charts with them. The other thing I'll say about Yurik is he's coached a lot of of really good players. I'll, I'll just list them off. Danielle House, Keontae Johnson, Mac McClung, Shake Milton, Marquise Noel, Robert Williams III, all NBA guys right now. Um, the, thing, the other thing I like about him, again, just to hammer this point home, is I'd love to maybe introduce a new coaching tree that appears to be bearing fruit in this conference. So... Uh, that's the way I would answer that one, Lane. Those are the two that, you know, you didn't include. I'd, I'd love to see Sprinkle or Dusty May. Those are the two that I would include and say, you know, these these are two that I, I would personally keep an eye on. 
Uh, let's take a look. Let's keep going. Matt Claxton at Road Crew One. Matt, thank you as always for being a great listener and question asker on the podcast. Who needs to take a step forward for the baseball team to make Omaha? This is an easy one. I don't think it is a who. I think it is a what, and I think it is the pitching staff. If you if you need a who, I think it's Rob Walton. That that's who probably needs to show that this is moving in the right direction for Oklahoma State. I mean, you looked at. Their, their their lineup was loaded, brimming with offensive talent last year. They've lost some. So you're going to need some bats to step up um, additionally along with pitching, but it's got to be pitching for me. They're going to need somebody to come out of nowhere and do a really good job. Let's keep going. We've got a lot here. Chris Heasley at Port Cowboy with what feels like seven quality offensive linemen next year. Do we run any jumbo packages next year? And if so, who is best for the eligible receiver position? This is a great question, Chris. Thank you for asking. I do think, you know, I think you could do it. Will they do it? I don't know. Somebody would have to fact check me on this. This is where we really miss Dustin because he would have already looked this up. But I don't remember the last time Oklahoma State ran a designed play for an eligible offensive lineman. Somebody could probably remember one better than I. Uh, I've slept since the last time that happened. I've got two kids. I've got a job. And uh, sometimes my memory gets a little bit fuzzy. But no, I can't remember anything off the top of my head. And I don't think offensive lineman depth is the, uh, you know, like the catalyst to run those types of plays. But I will say, yeah, I think they will run some jumbo packages, especially down in the red zone. I think you're going to introduce into this conference a couple of, you know, really quality defensive line units I mean namely Utah Utah when you see them in Stillwater that's a really good defensive line I would think that you would want to go you know heavy on heavy against a team like that and try to push them around so um, Chris great question to answer your question yes and I don't know who would be best eligible for the position maybe I would go with like man I got you got to go with somebody a little bit massive, right? Maybe Isaiah Glass? Probably him. That's who I'd go with. All right, here's one from Corbett Klein, at Corbett Klein. Corbett, thank you for always sending in great questions. How disappointing would it be to not have Montanati in Stillwater? Is that a reason to make a decision this offseason on basketball head coach so you have a full year to recruit him? Would you consider bringing his dad on staff? This is a great question, and this is like this is where the hiring or firing of Mike Boynton, retaining, I should say, retaining or, or firing of Mike Boynton gets really sticky for me. You've got a young roster that appears to be talented. I think the jury is still out on that. But you also have a pipeline. And I, I think they're probably feeling pretty good about pulling in Jalen Montanati. Now, I know Kansas does as well. That's a whole different story. The other thing is if you have to bring on a family member every time you want to bring in a, a highly talented uh, basketball recruit, it, it it may not be the best thing for your program altogether. Brian, though, I know he's coaching. I Somebody would have to check me on this. I do think he's maybe even coaching Owasso. If he's not, he's coaching somewhere. I do know that at the high school level. So, you know, for me, Jalen is a must get, um, but... I don't think that it's a reason to, you know, retain or fire Mike Boynton one way or another. I think you have to make that decision individually of, 
anybody, especially a year away from potentially being able to make a decision. I don't think you can, I don't think you can make a decision based on that, but Corbett, wonderful question, sir. Appreciate that. Let's keep going. Um, a couple more here. Who starts at the X Stribling or Owens? I think it's Owens. You know, he did such a good job at the Z, but like for me, I think you've got to have a more explosive playmaker in there if you could, uh, you know, if you could make it work. And I think Stribling is that. And I think Owens, you know, for as good as he was, he's like an upgrade over that Bryson Green, uh, you know, type of receiver. He may even be an upgrade over like a guy like Tracy Moore. I think he'd be great at the X. I think Stribling is a better fit at the Z. Owens should get a, a big share of targets, though, at the X. And going up against a team's likely second corner, second or third corner, I think you could see Rashad Owens have a really big year, especially with some production down in the red zone. So uh, that one was actually, and I'm sorry I didn't shout out who asked it, Weston at CW Mason 92 It's a great question. I would say Owens probably starts at the X. Ryan Ostrander at Ryan Ostrander 8 says, with the wealth of 60-year offensive linemen we have do you see more or less than one big oh wow this is a theme one big man touchdown in 2024 you got to show them some play call love right i don't remember the last time we had i mean something this specific as in you know maybe it's because the detroit lions are still in the playoffs and everybody's talking about uh what happened to them you know maybe that's why you know they're they're wanting oklahoma state to run something like you know, they tried to run with Skipper against the Cowboys and, and it didn't work out. But uh, no, I'm going to go with the under on less than one big man touchdown. But maybe, maybe you do. Um, I think that there should be some blowouts on the schedule. So maybe you do it for fun. I don't know. But uh, I just don't see Oklahoma State trying stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'd love to get Dustin's take on that when he gets here. Uh, I believe this is our uh, two more. At TX Pokes underscore fan, I believe the Big 12 is expected to officially release the 2024 football schedule next Tuesday. With that in mind, what home matchups are you most looking forward to attending next season? This one is a no-brainer for me. It's it's Utah, hand over fist. I actually really like Utah. Um, if I had a West Coast team that I... I continuously root for it's them people know this about me but i also i'm a i am a nebraska cornhusker guy as well um a couple of connections to that but um i always you know have had a soft spot for nebraska they're not coming back to the conference anytime soon but i like utah and so i would pick that one you know if there's another one you gotta get pumped for arkansas right i mean south dakota state's gonna be a good game they're gonna travel well um it's actually a sneaky fun home schedule next year. It's also a sneaky tough road schedule. You you got a trip to Manhattan, uh, which I thought Oklahoma State would skirt that one, but they did not. Um, I think also, you know, I did. I know you didn't ask about away matchups, but I'm so fired up to get back to Boulder. That's that is a no brainer. You got to spend the airline points to get to that one. That that one uh, you could catch me and probably my wife uh, at. Uh, hopefully that one is early. Like let let's go with like early October. Let's get an 11 a.m. kick. Oh, could you imagine? The scenes would be unbelievable. Um, last one from Brian Metcalf at Brian J Metcalf with Dixie Nationals kicking off the first part of February. Does OSU livestock judging go three for three? as highest point team in the 2024 season. You have to go yes, mainly because I have no clue 
but two for, three for three would imply that they're currently two for two. So I'll take historicals and we'll go for the actual three for three. But Brian, I don't know the first thing about livestock judging. All I know is that Oklahoma State's darn good at it. So uh, thank you for the question. If you had you know, some analysis, you should have sent in an audio question and given it to us because I, I got nothing for you. That's it. I've been talking for 30 minutes. I, I've had a cold all week. I've had a full bottle of water sitting here because I haven't stopped. I've had meetings all week. I've got a sore throat. I'm done. So thank you for bearing with me. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. Um, as always, too, you know, we, we thank you guys for being so engaged and involved in the show. It's, it's so much fun, uh, you know, seeing how much people, uh, you know, want to engage and send in questions and hear what we have to say, especially knowing that it's just me and my dumb brain today. So uh, again, as always, we appreciate you. I do. I'll speak for Dustin as I know he does as well. And we will see you back here next week. If you're not already, you can follow Dustin at Dustargoo. You can follow me at Cade Webb and you can follow us at feels like 45 pod on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. We will see you back here next week. Have a great weekend. Go Pokes.